because I remember sitting down with a buddy of mine and we um, we were just having an old carvery lunch. I think it was a Sunday or a Saturday or something. Oh, it was a Saturday and we had just finished work. <laughs> and we were like sitting down in this lovely <laughs> restaurant just having a bit of dinner. And I said, you know what we should do? We should run a hundred miles. We had just heard about ultramarathon running. We had just, we, I think it was a, it was a, um, a this is conversations over Carberry. Like, this is it. Like, it's just all beef Wellington there. You know what I mean? Past, past the horse radish, radish there. And uh, we should enter a hundred mile race. Mm. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Finterviews. I'm your host, Connor Finn, and this is a show where I get to chat to the most interesting people I know. This week, I was delighted to welcome on ultramarathon runner and mental health and well-being speaker. It was, of course, the wonderful Connor O'Keefe. We chat about Connor's journey into athletics, from schoolboy rugby to competitive Thai boxing, the personal struggles he dealt with in the sporting world, and how ultramarathon running gave him a new lease of life, and the impact his emotional story has had on so many across the world. Connor was such a lovely genuine down-to-earth guy to have on the show and i just delighted that he even got him down for a second because he is flat to the mat um with that being said now we did really deep dive into some of his personal mental health and some of the stories so this may be triggering to some people as we do mention different topics like suicide and depression at stages but with that being said and done Please enjoy this latest episode of Interviews with the fantastic Connor O'Keefe. Well, welcome back to another episode of Interviews on the show this week. I'm delighted to welcome on, after a bit of technical difficulty, <laughs> the wonderful Connor O'Keefe. How's it going, Connor? I'm not too bad, Con. How are you? <laughs> not too bad. Yeah, sorry, I just realised. Yeah, we're just going to be saying Connor throughout this whole podcast. Connor, well, it's good. No, not too bad, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing grand. Sure, sun shining, and you have been nonstop. I'm surprised we actually managed to land you in for a hot second. Like, I said, you just check like Instagram before coming on here, and it's in your stories and you sprinting about it, whatever time. And I was going like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> yeah this man's up for chatting (laughs) yeah no i'm just about starting to feel human this morning so (laughs) we should get a a good chat exactly well that's it anyways i suppose first and foremost for the odd chance that somebody is finding yourself through coming onto this podcast or find me or whatever like this maybe gives a really brief you know introduction like about yourself maybe where you're from kind of your background suppose what we're kind of you're known for yeah um, I suppose I'm I'm a 29 year old ultra marathon runner and I'm a mental health advocate, well being advocate, and um, that's how I pay the bills. I talk to companies and universities about mental health, well being, mindset at times as well. Um, I started ultra marathon running about three years ago, um, purely by chance. Um, that I had ran a marathon and I'm the kind of person that always is thinking, how can you push it a bit further? How could you do it a bit harder or a bit more? And that's kind of basically how I fell into ultramarathon. I've been doing that for the last three years. Um, I share an awful lot of my training, my life, um, my day-to-day on my Instagram. And people just started to follow that and enjoy it. Some people didn't enjoy it. That's okay too. 
And we just basically, I suppose, developed this community of people that um, really enjoy sharing parts of their lives with me and I enjoy sharing parts of my life with them. And I started a podcast um, coming up on about six or seven months ago. Um, and um, it's been just an incredible uh, part of the journey, just becoming a podcaster, talking about things every every week. Every Monday I have an episode out. I actually have to record this week's episode today, <laughs> um, which is all about the race that I did um, on Saturday. Mm. Um, I did a 12-hour race on Saturday that was, like, as I said, it was the best and worst <laughs> performance of my ultra career and there was some phenomenal phenomenally good things to be taken from it and there was some time some things that were just like oh look you know it it just wasn't firing on the day or or whatever the case be but throughout it all I just kept smiling I loved it I really just enjoy doing it regardless of where I finish or how the race goes so it's it's an enjoyable thing for me so that's basically me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you wrapped that up so much more succinctly than like what I was going to be like, well, this is what I think you're going to do. So I, I always just had the guess, <laughs> try to just tell me in case I drop by anything. But yeah, that's that pretty much wraps it up. Like, But I suppose like even first and foremost, before all this, like just so cuddly the way you're able to be like, yeah, I suppose like ultra marathon runner, like... <laughs> <laughs> you realize that these are like like for me stepping in from the outside i suppose in first discovering yourself as well over the last um couple of weeks and stuff i remember just being like wait ultra marathon like i remember having to look it up and be like is is, is marathon not enough what the fuck's an ultra one <laughs> like yeah i suppose like when did you first kind of get into this whole kind of sports and like athletics i suppose kind of world and scheme like was it something mm-hmm. that kind of always gravitated towards or like did you ever potentially have another path in mind that you know didn't wouldn't have led you down this route I know yeah um I suppose I wasn't naturally I actually don't think I ever was naturally athletic and I uh I was quite an overweight young fella actually I was quite a chubby um young fella so I think I, I gravitated towards sports that allowed me to to you know I suppose use that weight advantage and that's why I started playing rugby at around nine ten years old and I played rugby all the way up through into secondary school uh, mm-hmm. went to the secondary school that I went to because it was a rugby playing secondary school okay. and realized when I got in there that mm, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was <laughs> and everybody else was really really good and I kind of thought well you know, you're going to have to find something new here, you know. Um, yeah. And so I had uh, I had done Taekwondo as a young fella. I really just enjoyed martial arts. I was a big fan of Power Rangers when, when I was really small. Mm. And <laughs> I just me. loved yeah. I And I had a, I had a, um, I, I was a big fan of Bruce Lee as well. Bruce Lee's movies. Um, I remember watching them in my in my grandmother's house. She always used to have to, you know, watch the kind of older films. Yeah. And I remember watching Enter the Dragon when I was about eight or nine and just loving mm. Bruce Lee and thinking he was the coolest guy on planet Earth and wanting to be him in a way. And I wanted to kind of be like him. And when I, uh, when I realized that rugby was kind of going on a downward turn, I... Mm. I said, do you know what I'll do? I start boxing, and I started just boxing in a boxing club on the north side of the city, and 
then I kind of missed using my legs because I have really long, lanky legs. I'm built like a, I'm built like a dinner table. I'm like, my arms are, are like as long as my legs. I, I'm like an orangutan. And so I wanted to use my legs as well as my arms. And my buddy said, you should start Thai boxing because I wanted that physical element. I wanted mm. that, you know, like I suppose rough element of it. I wanted to, you know, hit, hit, hit people and be hit. And yeah. Uh, you weren't really getting that in, in Taekwondo. It was more of a kind of a showy type sport. Mm. And so I, I, I went to, um, I went to my first ever Thai boxing class, uh, Siam Warriors Thai boxing gym in Cork. And first day I ever went in there, first training session I ever did, I just fell in love with it. <laughs> and from that day, which was probably, I just turned 17 until, yeah. uh, like my early 20s 23 24 it was my entire life i just loved it i I made it my identity um i had a really kind of a turbulent relationship with it uh, i was either I, I was either always on an upward turn and life was going fantastically well or it was plummeting downwards and i had never had this kind of chance to just be to just be me to be in this kind of zone where i could just cope with the day to day things cope with how my days were going it was either I had to be on cloud nine or else I was I was down in the dumps Mm. and I was searching for that balance like throughout my whole life and I wasn't finding it you know by getting punched in the head and um (laughs) I remember in 2013 um coming close to the end of my Thai boxing career I had no idea that it was coming to the end of it but um, I had a chance to fight for an Irish title and it was like my dream ever since I'd stepped foot inside that gym six or seven years before that I all I wanted to do was fight for an Irish title and mm-hmm. I got in fought hard and in the last minute of the last round I got knocked unconscious in that fight and I think you know when you do fight, you always run the gauntlet that something like that is going to happen. Yeah. And I had faced that down a few times. I had I faced that possibility and it, it just hadn't happened so many different times that I thought, you know, I'd never thought really of what happens the other side of it. And I just don't think I ever developed the tools or the life skills to help me deal with something like that. Because... I had put Thai boxing in such a place that it was like, it was like I was losing a loved one when I, when I stopped Thai boxing, like I was grieving the loss of it, like, you know, and I never had given myself the opportunity to, um, to have those skills to cope with something so devastating as that loss, you know? So my Thai boxing career kind of fizzled out from there. I fought on a couple of more times, but never with the same kind of passion. And I spent a good few years just, partying catching up on time lost because like when I was Thai boxing I was living like a monk I used to never <laughs> drink or eat bad food or stay out late or do any of those things yeah. I did go on leaving cert holiday or college balls Jesus. or nights out or anything like that just didn't do any of those normal things that you know a college student does yeah and I said you want to I'm gonna fucking catch up now I am <laughs> yeah. gonna catch up now and I'm gonna <laughs> tie one on and for about three or four years, I was uh, I relied heavily on alcohol, um, and I relied heavily on that kind of social scene mm. to 
kind of, I suppose, pull me through, maybe give me a new identity, you know, as this, you know, socialite. Hmm. And did that for a couple of years, really hit some really rocky patches, some really, you know, dark times, thought about taking my own life a couple of times, wasn't uh, in a good frame of mind whatsoever. Hmm. I had no real lust for life anymore. You know, mm. just didn't really care, you know, and I think that's that happens to so many people where they get to the point where they're just like, OK, I've reached the point where I don't care about my life anymore. And I'm just in self-destruct mode. Mm. And what it is, it's not like an explosion because an explosion is something that's like, you know, everybody is can see. Yeah, it was more like an implosion. It was like something that was just inside me. Nobody else could see it. But it was just eat, eating away at me, uh, um, I suppose, the whole time. Hmm. And then, uh, kind of out of nowhere, I thought, you know what, I need to be an athlete again. So I said I'd run my first marathon, and I did. I kind of half-trained, half-drank my way <laughs> to the start line of my first marathon. <laughs> and then, not so long after that, I found ultramarathon. And it was a really, like, I just stumbled upon it. I never... Uh, I never really gave much thought into it. Yeah, the, the new course of action now is I'm going to be an ultra marathon. Mm. I never knew that I was going to do one after the first one. You know, I just <laughs> thought I'm going to give it a lash and that's it. Yeah. Because I remember sitting down with a buddy of mine and we um, we were just having an old carvery lunch. I think it was a Sunday or a Saturday or something. Oh, it was a Saturday and we had just finished work. <laughs> we were like sitting down in this lovely <laughs> restaurant just having a bit of dinner. And I said, you know what we should do? We should run a hundred miles. <laughs> we had just heard about ultramarathon running. We had just, we, I think it was a, it was a, um, a Joe Rogan. conversations over Carberry. Like. <laughs> this is it. Like it's all oh, beef Wellington there. You know what I mean? Pass, pass the horse radish, radish there. And uh, we should enter a hundred mile race. Mm. Um, that's, that's, that was basically what it is. But I've been pulling the same guy, my, my buddy, Mark, who won the 12 hour race actually that I had just uh, <laughs> ran in on Saturday. He just won that. Yeah. And I pulled him in. I've been pulling him into all these type of schemes for ages. Mm. And he has just, um, I suppose he's just evolved in such a way that he's just come to, you know, to just um take this on as zone you know and, yeah. and he's still still ultra marathon running obviously so yeah. it's just um yeah it's it's really it's just a uh, it was a fantastic story to have that we just sat down for lunch one day and by the end of that lunch we left having entered our first ultra marathon you know and <laughs> And it was in seven weeks' time. It wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like oh yeah, we enter this now and we have a year. You have the year prepare. to train, yeah. <laughs> no. We had seven weeks to prepare, which was just like not enough time at all. And we just headed off. And uh, seven weeks later, we showed up at the Connemara 100 mile ultra marathon and gave it socks. <laughs> and then since then, I suppose everything as well that like. Has been going on. I mean, even like, I know yourself for the Project 32 that you've kind of been chatting about like this. Like, I suppose it's just kind of <laughs> one of those things that I've kind of picked up from your personality is this always kind of like same drive, as you said, almost like chasing like that next thing. But like, I mean, Jesus, like that's, I mean, 
you hear people, you know, obviously get into sports some way being like, or some kind of athletics being like, oh, well, yeah, I used to play, you know, for club or whatever like this. But <laughs> it's funny, you obviously came in, you're being like, tried rugby. They were much better. So just, j- just thought it, you know, go into something else as like, you know, bit of fobbing into. And like, it's mad that like that, you know, those wee decisions completely kind of grafted then your life for the next while. And obviously like, you know, ups and downs have came with it, but like, it's always supposed kind of been a thing like not even determined on what kind of sport or what kind of thing that you're doing but like I feel like it's just part of your personality that you need to (laughs) get that like thing out there or like as you said chasing those kind of like almost highs or that next big achievement like for someone that is only starting to get into running now and just entered into like Dingle's half marathon like a year ago and I completely forgot about it Saturday in summer I'm like just so intrigued by that whole kind of mindset, as you said, with you and your mate, where it's kind of like, right, we'll do it. And it's just kept on going. And it's slowly, the more that you can kind of get into these things, you're more you kind of be like, okay, I can see how you could like maybe, okay, maybe push it a wee bit further and stuff like this. Maybe not ultra marathon yet, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I suppose it's been a bit of a mad one for you. Like, I suppose in this whole kind of sense of it, and then especially with, I mean, I'm fine that, uh, the documentary that just came out earlier, I suppose, I was just so intrigued by, like, how did this man, like, get into all of this? Like, because <laughs> it's not just, oh, just always been into running. It was, as you said, rugby, like, you know, kind of, <laughs> like, fighting and then again into running. And, like, yeah, it just seems to be, like, on an all-aboard kind of scheme. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose it's just kind of... um I've always tried to have something to keep me entertained. And uh, it's just, it's changed form so many times throughout yeah. the years. I think uh, ultramarathon was something that I never expected. You know, mm. um, it was never something that I had planned to do. So it just kind of came out of nowhere, really, like, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose, like, you kind of mentioned there about, you know, a lot of the stuff that you'd be, you know, publishing online and a lot of the things that you're chatting and again chatting with me kind of today about it would be about, you know, well being and, you know, just letting people know obviously there's been some highs, some lows, whatever like this. But as was there anyone that kind of or anything that particularly influenced you to kind of go down, I suppose, this route of being like, you know, sharing that story and thinking that it would help other one? Or was it as you kind of said, where it kind of went up online, obviously with <laughs> with yourself being, you know, so much having things on the go so much, did people just kind of like relate to it in the fact where it was like it somebody had, you know, maybe people just relate to the facts like, man, I, I've seen kind of similar kind of thing in that where, you know, you're yeah. chasing after that next kind of, you know, big break or you're trying to just find what's your next goal. Yeah, I to be honest with you, I don't even think it was like I was chasing my next goal or to, or doing to try and find the next thing. Yeah. What I what I was always searching for throughout everything was um, peace within my own mind and maybe a sense of belonging in my own mind as well, you know. Mm. Um, like whether it was rugby or tie boxing or, or ultra marathon, I was always seeking the same things because mm. what these things are are usually wants and needs that we've been ingrained in ourselves since we were children. You know what I mean? That we mm. wanted to belong, to be part of something and maybe that we wanted to be good at something as well. But um, what happened in ultramarathon running was I had kind of come to the point where like after my first ultra, my first hundred miler, um, I had come to 
I, I, I had come to probably one of the darkest times of my life after mm-hmm. finishing the first ultra marathon running, uh, ultra marathon. And mm-hmm. when I finished that, I, I spent about four months just drinking and partying and with no real guidance of where I was going to go. I'd completely forgotten about the achievement of crossing the line of a hundred mile run and just, um, really had fed into the negative thoughts that were in my mind. So when I started, when I started the new year, Hmm. 2019, I basically said to myself, you have to change your life now, or you might not actually see the 1st of January, 2020, you know, like Hmm. you need to, you need to really have an old look at yourself and see what, you know, what we need to do if we want to live the way we've always thought we could have lived. You know, I always thought that I, you know, could have been doing something great, didn't have a clue what it was, no idea what it was going to be. (laughs) I just always thought I was going to be able to do something, you know, that was going to bring me a lot of peace and that was going to bring me a lot of contentment within my own life. And I just hadn't found it yet. I thought I had found it with Thai boxing, but I had no peace in Thai boxing. It was constantly self-doubt. It was constant um, struggle with internal demons. But in, in, in ultramarathon running, when I had that time by myself and where I was running for long periods of time in training, hmm. I remember one morning in, in the middle of February of 2019, um, and it was really, really cold morning and I had my headphones, just put my headphones in to start this 30 kilometer run and about 300 meters in, they died. And I was kind of facing down the barrel of a turkey. I had never given myself that opportunity before. And it was just different. It was different to any other time that I had given myself a time to think um, I, I'd never really given myself that type of introspection. I'd never, you know, thought about my past in certain ways, you know, forgave myself for things, for mistakes and decisions that I had mm. made, realized that I always had the best of intentions at hand. Um, you know, also forgave myself for certain failures that I had had, whether it was in the sporting um, sphere, relationships, um, you know, moving to different countries, all of these different things that I had done to try and discover who I was hmm. and that I had failed at or had caused myself more um, mental strain by doing, I had to kind of say, you know, we had, we had the best intentions in mind. And I, the more I started to forgive myself about things that had happened in the past and the more compassion I had showed myself, the better I was able to cope with everyday life. And then I noticed that it it would just affect how, you know, smaller disruptions in my life would just get smaller and and wouldn't even register on the scale. You know, I was just less annoyed at things. I was less, I I struggled less with everyday life, you know, just because I was more assured of of maybe who I was and that I was actually able to build these tools to cope with things that were going to happen. And also cope with a lot of stuff that we make up ourselves in our own heads. Mm. We make up our own self-doubts and our own self-intrusions every day. 
and we overthink things, we get anxious about things, you know, all of these things are coming from us. It's not necessarily the outside world that are bringing these things into our, into our minds. Hmm. Um, it can most of the time be ourselves. And I've just really just realized that I am in control of that. I am in control of my mind. If it does start to do these things, I've better, better equipped at better tools now. And that's what ultramarathon has become for me, more a, a, a physical representation of my mind, of my mindset, of my life. I, you know, I love it. And like, it doesn't matter if the race goes well or not. I'll still love it because I'm still out there moving and living and alive and I feel alive doing them. And um, it's, it's it's nothing to do with the place that I get in the mm. race. It's just about getting out there and just me versus me. And a lot of people say that, that it's just me versus me. But yeah. A lot of people can attach external achievement to that. Mm. And I just think that, you know, if it's me versus me, then that's, that's, you know, that's going to get the best out of me anyway, you know, because I'm the only person who's going to be able to drive me like I do. So, yeah. Yeah. I, the, the journey and sharing that with people has kind of been just, I suppose, has been natural Mm. because, um, I just was talking quite openly on my Instagram, making quite light, light-hearted, you know, really a light-hearted approach, light-hearted jokes mm. about, you know, my ultramarathon running and about how tough it is and hard it is and how it's given me this clarity and how um, I've been able to move through mental health struggles that mm. hopefully it's kind of going to spark in some people to go, you know what, I need to think about my own life and I need mm. to think about my own values and about my own direction that I want to go in. And that's why I shared it really was, I felt like by sharing it, it was bringing me peace and maybe that, it, you know, it might bring other people peace that are listening as well. Yeah, I mean, like even like you talking about it there now or whatever like this, like again... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're probably like sick the point where yeah like you know people got kind of asked the same questions about but like it was even you just kind of explain there all about that like I think you do it in such a way as well that kind of takes a stigma out of it or takes that kind you know pressure I suppose when like people you know often you know will say about oh shall we have a bit of a chat or shall we have a bit of you know a bit of a look you know see what's happened there I feel like you're just really eloquent at putting it into yeah like well this is what I was feeling honestly this is kind of what way I worked around and so much so that I suppose that's probably where a bit of relatability in that sense where again you just kind of are fantastic at breaking it down into something really succinct and kind of be like well this is a crack with it and this is like simplifying it. I think it's probably the best terms <laughs> you manage to simplify all these things that I suppose a lot of time can be, you know, become built up in everybody else or, you know, see big things or bigger pictures or ever like this. And they're going, oh God, you know, there's so many other perspectives or so many other attributes to di- these different things. And I suppose that's probably one of the reasons that I really was like, you know, even when I was kind of saying they're on your own Instagram or saying stuff like this as well. And with the kind of documentary as well as being like, you're just yourself. I just kind of found a real relatability in the sense that you were able to break it down so quickly and so succinctly. But I mean, 
with that being said and done now, obviously, this has been such a big part of your life for the last while, you know, chatting about, you know, your life and everything about it. Um, But I'm kind of interested as well, like before, I suppose, this life is, you know, in, you know, really mental health advocacy and I suppose athletics, like, was there ever kind of any character building jobs? I know that you maybe had growing up that maybe informed this personality this kind of person that you are today i i always kind of find it interesting you know wherever people have ended up today i feel like every goes through the same way loops and kind of <laughs> boundaries through usually part-time jobs um but i don't know if you've had many kind of like because as you said i mean you're a speaker now but like before this have there been any things i suppose informed the kind of you know grounded personality man that you are today <laughs> um I think, like, I, I sold cars for about five years. And um, I think what that taught me out of that time was that everything in life is sales, really. Like, yeah. everything. Because you're always selling yourself in some sort, sort mm. of a way. So, I suppose, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm selling myself um to people that are looking to hire me to um to talk you know mm. i i i'm i'm using that every day you know and i suppose i mean you use it with everyone as well without you even knowing or without mm. you purposely um without you purposely selling anything when you're talking to somebody it's like you're selling them the idea of something. You're selling them the idea of what you're talking about right then and mm. there. So I really noticed that from my background in sales, I have had a, uh, I suppose, a, a, an easier, um, <laughs> an easier way of like building interpersonal <laughs> relationships. Because when you're when you're trying to, if you are trying to sell something to somebody or hmm. if somebody's trying to buy something from you, that's yeah. the thing. It's if somebody's trying to buy something from you, not necessarily you're trying to sell something to them. Because if somebody's walked into a car garage and they're looking around at cars, they're looking to buy a car. It might not be that day, but hmm. it could be you know a year from now or whatever, but you just want to make it that day. Hmm. You know, you just want to make it that day. So you want to basically make them um, act upon their own idea. Yeah. So the their it's their own idea to do it. You just want to make them act upon it. Maybe mm. give them that little push. I feel like I have had to do that at certain points in time with people mm. that I know. You know, um, but it be for maybe a more positive thing, and that is like you know. Um, talking about what they, you know, what they're going through in their day to day, you know, giving themselves that, you know, it's you, 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 you do want to talk about these things, but I'm just going to give you, you know, I'm going to give you the invitation um, and yeah. that will make you feel more comfortable about doing that. And, you know, as well, people that want to do ultra marathons and they, and they say to me, like, you say, I want to do ultra marathons. And look, it's your idea. You just have to act upon it at whatever time you want to act upon it. Whatever I say to you right now sh- should or shouldn't make or break the decision. Mm. You know, so I think, yeah, I think having that background in sales has, you know, <laughs> definitely affected certain aspects of my 
um, of my life and how, my, you know, how, I, how I've come to, you know, make my own living. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sold. So, uh, <laughs> no, like, I suppose, <laughs> usually I expect people to kind of be like, yeah, do you know what I mean? It was like a waiter for a while. Like, I learned how to deal with dickheads. So, like, I mean, that's always, you know, tick off the, you know, not something that you always run into every single day, but like, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting Oh, there are, there are dickheads in every aspect of life. And I'm sure there's probably a few people that think that I am one. So, you know, there's everybody, you know, thinks that somebody else is a dickhead. So, no, I love that you just came in and be like, yeah, well, I sell, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Background in sales is what I can sell, dude. And I'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, the man, he really does sell it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose as well, like, you were kind of mentioned there over, you know, last while and everything that's kind of been, you know, that you've been able to achieve so far in this. Like, have there been any major, I suppose, out of all the standout moments that came from this life and the sport world, maybe even like the mental health, you know, kind of chat. Like, have there been any things that really came out of this that you maybe never thought could have happened? Oh, everything, <laughs> really. <laughs> Every uh, single Next thing. question. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I've never, uh, I never thought anything at all was going to come out of, of this. I, I thought that there was something in me, as I said earlier yeah. on, that was that was wanting to get out. And mm. I knew that there was something in me that could maybe just look at the world in a way that maybe not many people have, mm. you know. And maybe people have, but mm. I just feel like I just... I just let that person out and then all of this stuff came along with it and um, it's just up to me, I suppose, to keep it, you know. Yeah, yeah, there hasn't been any one kind of situation. I suppose it's everything no, from this show kind of been really, like, well, you know, I mean, it started I, with a carvery and I mean, there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think anything was going to come from it. You know, I really didn't. I didn't think anything was going to come for it, even when people started following mm. the page and things like that. I had no idea that it was going to take off in the way that it I mean, who thought who thought you'd be here chatting to some spacky naughty kid on a Monday morning? Sure, June, honestly, cock kid. So yeah, <laughs> you know, it's the two Connors. Do you know what I mean? Representing each other. That's it. Yeah. Two Connors, eight eyes between us. <laughs> I'm, I suppose, like on the opposite turn of this, I don't know if there's been any major. I kind of phrase this as horror stories, but like any major kind of like points, you know, coming into this whole you know scheme of things that again you never really thought could have happened like because as you said like obviously you're so open about you know you're in real dark places and you know obviously chatting about you know your mental health and you know the different things that you've went through has been a big help in it but mm-hmm. has there been I, I don't know maybe do people are the more courteous to be reaching out and like it, it does it take a bit of pressure on to that you know obviously sharing so much about yourself or I know if there's been any, you know, major kind of downfalls of, you know, becoming almost this voice, you know, for these people. Um, I I kind of try and keep a, a fairly good awareness about how I feel about it, you know. Yeah. So if I am feeling like I'm getting a bit drained, which I can do, you know, I think mm. I think sometimes Instagram and that kind of stuff can be, you know, over time more draining than even running these things because it's 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 kind of constantly there so mm. i to be honest with you like i suppose a perfect example was the race on saturday i put up some 
posts and stories about the race and I have hundreds of messages and I haven't read any of them, but I've also no pressure to read them. And I'll read them when I, when I can and when I want to, you know what mm. I mean? And I will read all of them. I might not respond to all of them because I just, you know, it would just wouldn't be a good, efficient way to spend time. <laughs> no. But I, I, I will read every single message that I get, you know? Yeah. And so, but before I'd have been reading them, reading them, reading them as they came in, as they came in, you know, and yeah. I'd, be, I'd be drained, like I'd be destroyed. And, you know, it was maybe just this kind of silent agreement that I had made with, with me and the universe that I was going to take time every single time that someone messaged me to message mm. back and do all these things. But I, I've i noticed that people don't even really expect that. They just want you to get the message. They don't necessarily care whether you're, you know, writing something back to them. They just want to send a message and have you read it. And mm. that's what I'm going to do to every single one. And I'll respond to certain ones as well, because um, it all depends, I suppose, on the subject matter of it. But I know myself if I need to take more of a break or I need to take more of a backseat, um, you know, to, to the social media sphere. And I think that's something that everybody could, no matter what, if there's, you know, you know, a thousand people following you or, or you know, 10 people following you, like sometimes it's just best to just kind of, you know, disconnect from that area of life because I think social media lends itself to, a, a, you know, creating anxiety and overthinking mm. within all of us. So it's, it's always a good thing to keep, you know, to be mindful of is your relationship with it, you know. Mm. And I suppose, like, I mean... As well as this, I'm just so conscious of that I've just been, you know, keeping you chatting for so long, whatever, like this. So maybe I'll come to close here and kind of just ask, I suppose, out of everything that's been going on between ultramarathons, between just everything, I suppose. Like, what does the kind of future hold for yourself, Connor? Like, are there any big goals that I suppose you haven't achieved that, that you want to achieve? Because to me, it sounds like you've ticked off quite the bucket list, like... <laughs> kind of broke up there a bit sorry you're saying to, to you it, it seems so, and... yeah so have there been any I suppose like are there any major goals that you you know like are still look to achieve yet or I mean it, I said it seems like you've ticked off quite the bucket list already mm. like I suppose what's the kind of future hold for yourself Carter? Um, just to continue living in way, the way that I'm living really in a general yeah. way you know just never get back to that point where I don't want to be here anymore yeah. You know, because I like being here. I like living and I like um, when I was racing, even on, on Saturday, I was getting a bit emotional towards the end. All of these physically, you know, all of these things that pull something from us in the physical, they also affect us on the emotional and the mental levels as well. So um started getting teary eyed like late into the race in the night time and just basically thinking about how flipping delighted it was to just still be alive you know and um, yeah. so to continue in that vein is definitely the biggest concern I suppose of mine or the biggest goal of mine is to stay doing you know stay living the life that I want to live so you know I want to become a mountain leader so I want to qualify as a mountain leader I want to um I want to win the Kerryway Ultra Marathon this September and um, I want to complete Project 32 um, which I will hopefully do this year uh, with the 32 marathons in 32 days, 32 counties with 32 pounds on my back. 
I want to, you know, to, to, to do that mm. for sure. But in the main, in the general sense of things, I just want to continue on the road that I'm on. Um, I have a girlfriend that I live with in, um, in, in Wicklow. I want to, you know, share the rest of that time with her. I want, you know, her life to enter my life as well. And for me to be proud of the things that she is doing as I am every day and I suppose share a life together. That's the main kind of goal of this whole thing in life really, isn't it? It's just, you know, have as kind of more, more meaningful and purposeful time as we possibly can while we're here. Yeah, I suppose. Again, <laughs> I love that sometimes they like ask these questions to us. I'm just expecting, you know, something else or they'll be like, oh, well, really, you know, want to do this or travel like that. But like, again, I, I just, I love your answers. I suppose you just kind of break down and be like, man, I just, I just want to be happy. Do you know what I mean? And I just be like, yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what we all want at the end of the day, isn't it? Really, is just yeah. to be living a life that we like living, that we like getting up to in the morning. And if we do some cool shit in the meantime, and we win no. some races, and we do yeah. all that kind of stuff, yeah. that's great. But do at the, the other end, stuff, whatever. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Just try as try your hand at as many things as possible. I said this to a group that I was speaking with yesterday. I after the it was very strange. I had a very stacked weekend after that twelve hour race. The next day, I was talking to Goshka, the Goshka Awards, and I was talking to the guys. And one of the questions was, "How do you find your thing? How do you like you found ultra marathon? How do you find your thing?" I said. Try your hand at as many things as you possibly can Hmm. and fail at as many things as you possibly can. And one of the times when you fail, it will still feel really good. Then you know that you found your thing or you found something that you can have. And your thing might be your thing now and might not be your thing in five years time or even a year's time. And we can move on to something else. And that's it. The variety. You know what I mean? Hmm. As long as you stay in the same kind of mental headspace you're happy yeah. out going doing what you want to do and you're not looking in the rear view all the time yeah then you're you're flying it then you're winning i suppose absolutely winning. <laughs> well sir honestly it's been an absolute pleasure i kind of say this to everybody that comes on the show i started this just for a bit of crack over you know lockdown whatever just you know i'll just mess some people and see who gets back so honestly anybody that does you know take the time to actually get back to me and be like yeah fuck it I'll chat to this <laughs> we get in the internet I'm like happy days so honestly it's been absolute pleasure and yeah I just thanks so much for coming on to show and yeah I suppose if people are looking to still follow you know maybe the chat further and you know see all the stuff that you're doing where can they find everything Connor O'Keefe yeah and um, the the Instagram is the HQ uh, of the whole thing so C-O-Keefe C-O-K-E-E-F-F-E and there's the link then to my Patreon, which I, I write articles on from time to time. I have meetups with my uh, Patreons as well. So that people that are patrons of mine, uh, I'll have one this weekend. Um, uh, we, I guess together once a month, somewhere around the country, we have a bit of a coffee morning. We go for a bit of a walk or sometimes we go for a dip in the ocean or whatever. Uh, and just kind of get us all together and have a community vibe. And my in, my um, uh, podcast is also linked in on my Instagram as well. So you can get everything from the Instagram at C.O. Keefe. Fantastic. Well, sir, 
I'll see you've had a stacked out weekend. And even, uh, I mean, we finally got here through the morning after a bit of tackle difficulty. So I'll let you in now. And uh, I guess I'm sure there's no fucking rest for you. Jesus Christ. Like, I'm sure yeah. you're running on straight after this. But honestly, it's been a pleasure. And yeah, I just wish you the best of everything. It's, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. Thanks very much, Connor. Cheers. <laughs> All right, sir. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. You too, brother. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Venture Views. If you enjoyed this episode or any other episode of the series, do remember to give us a like, share, subscribe, comment, five-star rating on whatever listen platform you're on. It honestly does help the podcast grow and hopefully, you know, keeps me going, keeps a bit of a drive on my back as well. If you want to find out where the next podcast is coming to or again I'll be putting stuff out in socials asking people to get involved in different situations you can get in contact and keep up to date with everything Finterviews all across all socials I'm basically ever at this moment but just type in Finterviews Finterviews podcast and you'll find me somewhere there probably Instagram's the best one for that but yeah do keep in touch and uh, until next time thanks again for tuning in and I'll chat to you later bye